those who are seeking the truth. Indeed, it is a great joy, I'm sure, speaking for everyone, otherwise they would not be here, to come to worship the Lord and to sing with Him in great joy. This is the spirit of worshiping the Lord. The spirit of the Bible schools that draw us the way and separate us from those things of Babylon. This morning, I would, for these few moments before we go to class, I would like to direct my thoughts from Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter. in verses 4, 5, and 6. <clears throat> For to him that is joined to all the living there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. It becomes quite apparent through the source of time and study and self-examination and this is a true self-analysis, that when getting down to the nitty-gritty of the characteristics of the flesh, which is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, that we find it hard to control or to self-discipline. The love and the hatred, we know not the depth of it, as Solomon says, because it comes from within us so instantly. Not thinking of what the consequences will be until all is said. And afterwards, we realize what we have done, the aftermath. Stumbling blocks before our brothers. And the emphasis put on here in this particular verse 6 envy and jealousy and hatred come in various ways but it certainly comes under one caption as I repeated pride there is that constant warring of the otter of the inner flesh versus spirit and we find through our own experiences the end was not justified by it in any means bring some of the younger ones into a line of thought with this jealousy, which they are experiencing likewise, as are the adults. Look back or reminisce, if you will, in your own minds, those that come from big families, the natural family I'm speaking of, and how you got along with your brother or your sister. Did you envy him? Did you have jealousy in your heart? 
remember that as God relays a message to us, it is in the natural that we do it. It is not a supernatural deed as some orthodox think it is, of, that we have uh, wings of angel, we can do uh, this is the only way of doing good. This is the fallacy of the orthodox teaching. We have to live it within our families. And when we live it within our families, then we can put it into greater and, and deeper meaning to it in the spiritual. And I want in this short time to bring some examples of how that natural, that God, remember what God has written is for our admonition. And I know most of you are familiar with these revelations within the Bible, but it wouldn't hurt for us to review it a little bit. I will not give the scriptures to it because I know that most of the people here are familiar with it. But let's take here for an example given the first one in the case of point of Cain. The jealousy was so great with hatred and without thinking or listening. He didn't listen, did he? The after effects, what were they? The curse. And it was known to him of a terminal case. Now, a terminal case. This puts a fear within your own mind, doesn't it? I mean, when everything the sea is calm, you don't think upon these things. But he said unto the Lord, he said, My iniquity is greater than it may be forgiven or that I can bear. So if he had taken that moment and listened to the instructions of the Lord, as we are within our ecclesias and within these Bible schools, there would have been some hope. There is some hope. The expression that misery loves company was also apparent with Sarah and Hagar. As they looked down upon each other, we we're well aware of that story, the pride entered in, both of them. But the sure mercy of God, the end was not as the beginning in this particular case but it took no doubt much trial and much tribulation to prove oneself worthy to receive the reward as Sarah finally received in due time in bearing her son Isaac likewise Hazer, Hager's son received a blessing from God but there had to be within this period of time a trial of submission and humbleness that we're well aware of through all the characteristics of the Bible. That, as Christ says, a righteous man is a man who repents or who falls seven times. You know, the, the, uh, the Jews, even to this day, as they uh, observe the Sabbath on Friday, night until Saturday from sunset to sunset when they go in uh, it cannot be in a hysteronic manner in the fact of saying forgive me Lord this is the mistake of the orthodox teaching the fact remains in that he has to do it in six days to prove that he is in repentance 
Then he comes into the Sabbath and asks for forgiveness. This is something to think about in the line of works. To do it. Don't just say it, but let it come from the heart. And the heart then creates action. Rebecca is a beautiful revelation. I love this story, and I'm sure many of them do. The various signs that were given as far as the calling out. But it also illustrates how one, after called into the household, how one, after called into this, uh, can create animosity. I mean, between two other people are peoples. This is the scale that we have to be careful. As I remember talking to a brother last night, it's not only the building of the temple that is important, but most of it is the maintenance of that temple. And she and herself, with all her scheming to be with her favorite son, was denied, as we're well aware. The hatred that built up out of this aftermath within Esau increased with jealousy, and we're well aware that we see that to this day, and said in his heart, Then I will slay my brother Jacob. Did we not see this in three wars in our generation? We also find from this of Jacob and his mother activities of deceiving that Jacob had to go through a period of proving oneself as a servant of God. Not thy will, but God's will was to be. This is the the main thing is that it was the was it is it and was it the will of God. With the two sister wives, Leah and Rachel, Jacob favored Rachel, and here we have a brother also that deceived. And Rachel envied Leah as a result for 14 years of misery from the lust and the desires and pride. And it seems like it followed Jacob later on in his old age. The favoritism again entered in again on this. We find this a lesson within our that uh, our uh, all of us parents it is a terrific job. Very, uh, we get this thrown at us all the time, that it's favoritism, and this creates animosity. This is a hard job. Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. Now, son of the old age, you know, a lot of times we use that as a crutch. We let up our guard, but we must be vigilant as God said to Ezekiel, you are a watchman. He never once set an exception to the rule. We are all watchmen. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. There you have it. They hated him and could not speak peacefully unto him. So we have to be on guard whether we're young or old. And the more involved, the greater the hatred became as in verse 11 to 37, and his brother envied him. But out of this, by the grace of God, man forgave, and man humbled himself and was blessed. Which tells us, do we self-examine in the true sense of the word when we take the memorials? When we say we will do it by words of emptiness, forming a habit, and this can come but rather from our hearts go out and actually do it and perform, produce, execute, and live it. We have to re 
keep repeating these things because it, it's so easy, as in them, to blend in. I always think of it like a yolk of an egg and a, and a batter making it for cake. You just put that beater on, you'd never be able to identify that. You know the egg's in the batter, but you can't see it. We think these terms within the households of responsibility and at times take it on the light side, but the facts are clear in terms set forth by God and they must be met. There's no way of getting around it. Brother against brother, sister against sister, and it seems like the Word of God is conveying a me message and not hiding any of the issues. None of these issues are hidden. But are we getting it? The eldest brother of David, the son of Jesse, these were evidence of jealousy of an older brother to a younger as one cannot look down or esteem the other above another. As Peter said in the fifth chapter, we're well aware, this is a good chapter, that fifth chapter of 1 Peter, in that it gives the example of the household of God as to their position. Because Christ had said to his twelve as to what, who is the least and the greatest in the kingdom of God. Neither being lords over the flock, but examples. Examples. Likewise, the younger submit to the elder. Not as the world so displays, but by the letter of the Spirit. And you know, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing in in uh, respect of coming to the Bible school, our schools, in that you can bring not only the children and the older ones together in the one common belief. But it draws us out from that of high-mindedness and the drive for position and power. And power. As you know, the kids are familiar with the king of the hill. That's the game that we all played, I'm sure, at one time or another. To be king of the hill, this is the tendency of the flesh. To be king of that hill. Well, the scriptures say contrary to that flesh. That's for sure. And Eliab, Eliab, his eldest brother, referring to David, heard when he spoke unto men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thy heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I done? Is there not a cause? How does he know David's heart? How do we know each other's heart? We do judge an awful lot by the appearance, don't we? The outward appearance is our only judging. But God says he knows the heart. Man cannot. Within the whole house of Israel, as recorded in 1 Kings of the Ten Tribes and of Judah, whereas Jeroboam of the Ten and Rehoboam of Judah, who reigned after the death of his father Solomon, the animosity was great between the two, causing a division in the household. And in verse 12, 16, So when all Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? 
neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. A jealousy, envying, hatred, covetousness brought flesh versus flesh and as a point of division in the household at a great pinnacle point, as we are well aware in that period of time from Solomon on down, was one of the greatest fall of Israel. As God said it would be and knew it. And why he has written these things for our instructions, knowing how weak we are. Proverbs 16:18 says in this pride before destruction and haughty spirit before a fall. Haughty spirit before the fall. And Christ says in the Sermon on the Mount, comments on our thoughts and actions with our brethren, reading it from this eyeglot. I prefer it this way. In the 5th chapter 21 24, it says, And ye have heard that it was said to the ancients, Thou shalt not kill, and whoever shall kill will be to the judges. But I say to you, that everyone being angry with his brother shall be amenable to the judges, and whoever shall say to his brother, Fool, will be subject to the high council. But whoever shall say apostate, wretch, will be obnoxious to the burning of Gehenna. And to the benefit of some of the younger ones that the Gehenna was uh, a dunhill, as Christ has said, or a waste of the fire outside of the city of Jerusalem. Of course, the uh, King James Version gives hell fire. If, therefore, thou bring the gift to the altar, now note this, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there recollect that thy brother has ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to thy brother, then come and present thy gift. Then come and present thy gift. Just as I had said about the Jews on the day of the Sabbath. First do it, and then present thy gift. I can't help but think of the proper ingredients of incense. You know, last year we had uh, on the study of the incense altar that Brother Ted O'Kelly had presented. And it had stuck with me all winter long on these thoughts because this altar of incense is prayer to God. And it had to be in a specific ingredient or it would not be acceptable to God. This histrionic or showmanship or display to others, to me, I have been disturbed in this effect that Christ had always related as a very close, intimate, private relationship between him and God, and not to be as the Pharisee who smote his breast and said, look what, have I, look what I've done, as pious as I am. The concern was not with God so much as was the glory was coming from man unto him, man unto man. It had to be a sweet-smelling savor unto God. And I know that in the reference to Brother Ken McPhee last night, and maybe some of you had in the first chapter of Isaiah, that 13th verse, it says, Incense is an abomination unto me. Bring, uh, bring me no vain oblations. Bring me no vain oblations. 
as Jeremiah says, to rend your hearts unto the Lord. The outward uh, circumcision is a falsification of baptism. We then turn our thoughts again to the preacher in the memory verse, uh, for he says, No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them, other than the fact that the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness in their heart while they live. And Isaiah said to Israel, O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord, in the light of the Lord. And James says, But if ye have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. For it had been better, as Peter says, for them not to have known the way of righteousness. The dog turned to his own vomit again. And Solomon says again, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy in the evil way. In the forward mouth do I hate. 